You're listening to the Electronic Media Collective Podcast Network. Yeah, it's a mouthful. For more great shows like the one you're about to enjoy, visit electronicmediacollective.com. And now, our feature presentation. Entering the vicious circle. You are facing a fuel-injected suicide machine. I'm the man when I walk, the ground shakes. I am the master. Welcome to the Vicious Circle. Sid, how you doing? Good, Rob. How about yourself? I'm doing great. It's almost Christmas. It's getting close. Yeah, even Kyle here said, Merry Christmas from your buddy Kyle of Denmark, Wisconsin. Okay, Kyle, Merry Christmas. And Rondell's here already, too. Hey, Rondell. <laughs> oh, and then all of a sudden, all the Merry Christmases started popping up. There's Merry Christmas from TJ. There is Merry Christmas from Michael. A whole bunch of them here. And I, uh, I guess we can tell everybody we're thinking about doing a Christmas show since we did a Thanksgiving show this year. Yeah. So if everybody's interested in it, let us know what you think about that. Yeah, we'll I figure that out by the end of the show. Yeah, what now, What was it? Is, is Christmas Eve is on a Thursday or Wednesday? Friday. Friday. Christmas yeah. Eve is a Thursday. Christmas Eve is a Thursday. Christmas Day is a Friday, yeah. All right, so this is the thing is, uh, traditionally in the wrestling business, and I've told you this, Rob, you know, Christmas was a, we wrestled every Christmas day because usually everyone had a little extra money, got a little something from Santa, and they had nothing to do on Christmas afternoons, Christmas evening. So Christmas was a good, you know, a good day for wrestling for, you know, a pay, you know, a good show would always, a good amount of people would show up. Excellent. So we might have the sort of the same thing. We could did, we could uh, sort of start our own little Christmas show every year. I think that's a great idea. There we go. Well, the one thing that's really cool about Christmas is usually you get to visit with Santa. Right. I don't think this show should be any different. So I went out and I found the best Santa for you. All right. Here is Macho Man Randy Santa. Oh, this is a treat. Well, hello, hello, hello. I am the Macho Man Randy Santa. Yeah, I dig it. How is everybody? And how's everybody been a good boy and girl and everybody ready for Christmas? Yeah. Man, we are lucky to have Macho Man Santa this week, aren't we? Right. Well, no. the Macho Man Randy Santa... He can't go without. No, he can't. He's got to visit every good boy and girl around, uh, well, Christmas time, you know. <laughs> Way to go, Santa Macho. And, of well, course, Sid's being a good boy, right, Santa? Uh, yeah. Well, everybody good. has to be. If not, Well, I've I seen everybody a few different times sneaking with a little COVID thingy about, but, hey, everybody's done it. That is excellent. 
Um, I don't know if you've noticed the tree behind Santa. I, I see that. Christmas tree, yeah. Can you Santa Claus without a Christmas tree, can you? Now what I've done here. Undertaker, yeah. His last year in there. So what I went and done, I put one of each one of the Undertaker's opponents from WrestleMania on there. And if you look very closely, you see that man right there. Right there, yeah. Sid. All right. Thanks, you Santa. Never or even thought about being on a Christmas tree. No, I, I, that's the first Christmas tree. I appreciate that. Well, you know what? I heard from a young man that you were such a kind-hearted individual. So, you know what? I heard one thing that you are, and I know because I see it all the time. Sometimes the other one slips my eye, but you, sir, from all the charity work I hear you do, and from what I see, you literally are the master and the ruler of the world. Yeah. Dang it. Well, I, I thank you, Macho Man. I, I do think I do a little bit of giving back in this world a little bit. I, uh, that's something I enjoy doing. Um, but I appreciate the uh, pat on the back from, you know, Macho Man Santa. Uh, Rob, so. Um, no, sir. Thank you. Shut up when I'm talking. No, I'm just kidding. No, Philadelphia, you know, Santa, they hit you with a snowball. Hear that, Rob? <laughs> uh, the big deal about Philadelphia, you know, uh, they show this every year. You know, where the, the Santa went out. To, <laughs> 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 the Santa went out there. He's all drunk and everything, and the people just melted him with snowballs, man. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, they'll show that probably. They've got to show it on ESPN. They show it every year. Uh oh. This ain't no list of Jericho. This is Santa Claus's list. Psycho Sid, yeah. <laughs> uh oh. You just made the list. I made the list. Oh, God. Well, um. You just made Santa Claus's list. The real right. list. The only list that matters, big man. Yeah. You well, thank you it. very much. Thank you very much. There are two lists. Which list is that? Naughty really? or nice? I think I'm the nice list. Well, you keep it up and you'll find out too, Mr. Rob, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Rob, man, he's got to watch himself too. Oh, wait. Now, Rob, I, just a little info. There might be a chance that we have your um, president back to your fan club. He called wanting to get back in the grace of things, so he yeah, apologized yeah. for being a, uh, like a stick in the mud about the jokes <laughs> about him loving women with big breasts, you know? <laughs> he got over that. What's wrong with it? Well, he just a little. He didn't like the fact that I said he was getting in touch with escort women and stuff like that. Everyone yeah, that kind of make you a little. Uh, well, <laughs> well, I'm gonna tell you, the guy went out to Vegas and got with Kayla Cleavage, and this was like five or six years ago. I thought he's going to go out there and maybe get shot and killed, you know, and. Um, I felt a little responsible for it, and because uh, I was just joking him about it, he went to New York for a vacation. I said, "Man, I said, didn't get cost you that much more money." I said, "Get you a limo driver, and shit, they'll take you anywhere, anything you want." And 
Shoot, next thing I know, he's doing this all around the world now. <laughs> well, I guess we all get ahead there, don't we? <laughs> but uh, it's funny, you know, he, it's funny because you know he's got a disability too. He's full schizophrenic, you know. And um, I was trying to scare him out of going to Vegas because I was. Scared. They have I, no idea what that would be. <laughs> <laughs> Never. So no. I'm trying to talk him out of it, you know, and I go, "Hey, Jeff, maybe you shouldn't go." I said. Well, think about this. Maybe your your mother and father, they might re be really disappointed if you went out there and got yourself hurt. He goes, my mother and father care about me. <laughs> <laughs> I said, yeah, but they don't know you're going to meet Kayla Cleavage. Kayla Cleavage don't care about you. Trust me. <laughs> I know, man. Gabriel's got the perfect quote. Limousine riding, kiss stealing, wheeling, dealing, son of a gun. Right from Flair, but it fits for Jeff. <laughs> yeah. That is awesome. I'm glad yeah. he's back. Yeah, he's back. He's back. He might be out now since we've exposed him again, but <laughs> yeah, that happens. So Macho Santa. Yeah. How yes, long have man. you been Macho Santa? Yeah, how long has he been Macho Santa? How long have I been Macho Santa? I've been Macho Santa forever. Forever? All right. Forever. How can you what do you mean? How long have I been Macho Santa? <laughs> Santa's been here since the day since the first day of time, hasn't he? Yeah. Okay. All the time, yeah. Do you know what? You just need a few little accessories here and there. You go out and you give some few things to the good boys and girls around town. Yeah, and then you become anything you like. Well, I'll tell you what. You do a really good impersonation of Macho Man. Yeah. Well, thank you very much, Sid. That means a lot coming from big man like you, yeah. Well, you know, Randy Savage also was, you know, had a lot to do with me getting into the wrestling business. Really? Yeah, we. I met him in a gym. I met him in a gym in Memphis, Tennessee. And um, long story short, these guys would give me the runaround about the business. And uh, Macho Man pulled me to the side and said, "Hey, man, go there there. You go. He 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 put me in touch with the guy, got me into training, and the rest is history. It is, and quite a big history too." Every yeah. one of us in this room right now have seen it. Man over there, he's seen it. There's a few others. Ned, you're a big name, big news everywhere, yeah. Well, Ron, well I liked Omacho, man. He was pretty cool. I, um, one of the things that me and him were a little both old school. He's a lot more old school than I was. But um, I remember one time we were doing a tag match. Uh, and this is what I call in the wrestling business, you know, you know, being an opportunist and getting yourself over when you're in the office says, Hey, Sid, get over. You, you, well, you got to do it when you get a chance to do it. Right. And there you go. Right. So me and Macho Man has got a tag match against Dean Malenko and Perry Saturn or Chris Benoit. I'm not sure the other partner was. <clears throat> and um, Dean Malenko goes, Sid, you know, I do a really good drop toho. Uh, would you mind if I did that to you? I said, yeah, I would mind. So I'll tell you what we'll do. You come into the ring, what do you do? I'm going to kick you in the gut. I'm going to powerbomb you. I'm going to get a victory. And then I'm going to do it again and again and again. And then I'm going to do the other guy. <laughs> two, three, two, three. We're just going to get, you know, just you know, after one after another. And uh, we walked away. And Macho Man looked at me. And he goes, I love that, man. He, I mean, he loved, you know, that, that's how you, that's get, how over, you get yourself over. Yeah. That's, that's how you get yourself over. And that's what I really, you know, Anytime I get any type of, a, you know, a pat on the back or, or 
you know, said, you know, from someone like Randy Savage or someone that I looked up to that understood the business too, like that, it was always uh, let me know I had an idea that I was doing the right thing. Well, that's the way you got to learn from the people before you. Right. A lot of them don't want to listen. Everybody thinks they know everything nowadays, and that's a problem. You can't learn. You have to actually learn from the people before that made the mistakes that went through everything. Right. It's the easiest well, way to do it, big man. Yeah. Well, we were talking about mistakes. You know, I, uh, me and Rob were talking. I don't know if Macho Man, have you seen any of AEW lately? But uh, I was hearing through a uh, guy named Larry Francis. Also called said that I guess AEW, AEW now is teaming up with TNA. Yep. Well, yes, well, I'm gonna tell you something. I've seen that same angle kill really two different territories. Really? One, Which one? Yeah, well, first it was Memphis and Smoky Mountain. And it was what it was by chance since I live here. And if I had a day off, I'd work the Memphis territory for Lawler. It'd be the Coliseum or because for WWF after Monday Night Raw, we'd usually have Tuesdays and Wednesdays off. Yeah, if, yeah. If, if you weren't on TV, you had Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday off. So I, if you know, for Lawler, and you know, I you know do a spot show here or there, and I was there enough to know how the territory was doing, and uh, they were doing pretty good. The top hill was Billy Jack Haynes. and uh, even though he had already had his run in the business, he was he Jack was doing well. He was he was still he was still doing pretty good. He had heat, and I could tell he's. You know, the houses were decent. So uh, they did that angle of Smoky Mountain, that's Jim Cornette's territory, where they did the same thing AEW and TNA's do, where they, they you know, you know, pretty much said, okay, we have one ter- existing territory coming and taking over another and fighting each other or, you know, battling each other out. Well, in the beginning, they got really good results. The houses went up, and the places they did that, they were successful. But this is what happened. And I saw this firsthand. Billy Jack Haynes, who had really good heat at one time, the next time I come after this feud is over, and Smoky Mountain goes back to their territory, and Memphis just stays there at theirs, and they're now going back to their own, uh, you know, you know, body of work they do off their television. It was dead. Billy Jack Haynes. What happened was this: when that other existing territory came in, it turned all the hills in Memphis babyface, and so when that other territory left. The territory is well for just baby faces. You can't drive like that, especially if that's what you've done for the last 2,000 years, and that's get heat on your TV, have heat on your heels, and have Lawler chase the heel. That's, you know, that was their – you know you're done. Listen to me oh, for a yeah. second when I'm talking. Shut up. So, <laughs> what? Listen, so within, within, within a short Take it and run with what you do, yeah. This is what happened with a short period of time. Take it and run with it. Yes, you do. Take it. Well, no. They did it. You got to pick and choose your spots, yeah. And then when you chime in, you just go bang. And that's it. Yeah. I think you understand. Not quite. Something like that. So what happens is, what happens is this. What I'm talking about, big man. Yes, you do. Right. Don't you? Yeah. So anyway, what happened was all the territories were left with, with just baby faces. Nobody had heat. And both territories closed down within a few months of running that angle. Then, here's your second example. NWO. You know, they went in. Even Hogan turned heel. 
So they they pretended again that the WWF was coming in and taking over. Same thing. And I said this when they did that. I said, when this falls off, they will not be able to catch it. And it fell off so bad, they had to sell the goddamn territory. So I'm pretty much on the money on those kind of things. I do know this business yeah. a little bit. WWE so what's going to happen? But they never had the top talent to do it. So it just well, this is what's going to happen with TNA. I just don't see them. This is like a death sentence for them to me. I just don't see. I don't know, my man. There's a few from Impact in there from Canada. They're going to squash quite a few of them. Yes, they are. This is the thing. There's the North. There's no question, no way, no hell. Both of them two, they can't make it right straight to the top. Yeah. This is the thing is, is, um, I said this too. Rob will tell you this. I said the thing. Number one. Yeah. AEW, their their biggest problem was once they got on TV, they were going to be exposed for what they are or what they are not. And they've been exposed for both of those things, what they are and what they are not. And they don't have the production that the WWE has. Uh, They've got some really good matches sometimes, but then they have some really good money, but they didn't have all the goulash that WWE had. Right. But but this is the thing is, but when you're fighting – against something that big of a machine, you can't afford to make mistakes. And you can't afford to make major mistakes where this might, this deal with TNA, first of all, I don't go out. TNA's called me a million times. I wouldn't go on that show for all the fucking bananas in Cuba because I'm not going to belittle myself to something like that. They ain't worth anything anyway. Anyway, I'm just saying, anyway, this is the thing is nobody wants to be there. That's not a great place. And oh, again, no. now the only no, thing no, no, that can no. save them is this. If um if they don't if they do like they said Vince should have done, that's kept WTW around. I just don't see how it works. I, I don't see how you can make that work. You're going to see a lot of you'll see a lot of interest in the beginning. You know what I mean? You're going to see a lot of interest in the beginning. Then after the interest is gone, man, where you can't beat Vince McMahon. Nobody can. Not even Triple H can beat Vince McMahon. (laughs) Well, Well, I don't know about that. (laughs) No way. Well, this is the thing is, is um, you got to be able to stay around long enough. Vinny Mac gets the last word. Yes, he does. Yeah, I should have never told him that, right? About getting the last word. (laughs) <laughs> Maybe Ooh. not. Trust me, big man. I think I, I really feel like I'm talking to Randy Savage. Any news to me? Yeah, like you could tell, Macho Man. He wanted to take everything right over every time his face, his little eyeballs. Yeah, were beaded right on that screen. Yeah. <laughs> He had to take the whole show for himself. Yes, he did, Billy, because that's a macho man, Randy Savage. Yeah, this is like crazy. Never even. You know what? The funny thing is, Rob, this is the way it was with Randy too in the later years. I'm not kidding. This is no kidding. True story. We're doing a vignette. How far? That story before I interrupt you. <laughs> Not very far. <laughs> yeah. Not very damn far. But 
What it, what it was, it was the angle where Kevin Nash had stole Gorgeous George, right? Uh-huh. And so we were going to steal Gorgeous George back. And it was, you no, know, we done done Nitro all night long, and now we're downtown Atlanta. When I'm talking about a production crew, guys, something like, of course, Turner is Hollywood. I mean, big, big millions of dollars of stuff out there to shoot this stupid little scene. So the whole idea is to get her back, you know, and get back and then blah, blah, blah. So it's like five in the morning. We're finally done. And uh, it's me, him, and her in the limo. And I think they're taking me back to my car to the airport. I'm not sure which one. And uh, so Randy goes, hey, gorgeous George, come over here. Come over here by me, baby. And she goes, oh, Randy, I'm tired. Oh, what is it? You've been with Big Sexy now? She goes, please don't start that. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, man, not at five in the morning. I don't want to see Macho and Gorgeous George getting a working argument. (laughs) It's like, go here, baby. You've been with Big Sexy over here. And I was like, and he really stayed like that. And it's really, uh, people, you know, like when we did that vignette, it was all day long. And we started somewhere, I can't remember, inside Atlanta. And Mike Graham was always like following Randy around, like being sure the camera. It was almost like Hollywood. Okay, only because Randy had like that one bad arm. I want to get this arm. that That was his whole job all day. Be sure the camera only got Randy's good arm, you know. <laughs> and they're all talking like this yeah. all day. Randy's, oh yeah, get my arm. Oh yeah. I mean, after about twelve hours, I was like, God, man, I, I can't be Randy Savage ever again. You know? Oh man, balling here. He he got the co- the line right. Like said, nobody can be the macho man, Randy Savage. Yeah. Slap it into a slim Jim. Yeah. There you go. Slap it into a slim Jim. I think he's running off all our our, our guests tonight. <laughs> internet says no match for this guy. <laughs> no. I'm not even bringing Internet Sid out right now. Oh, man. I have, have, I have to have a claw hammer. Man, no. <laughs> Let's go find them. Where are they at? This is what never said. He goes, this is like watching Sid and Randy doing a Christmas promo on each other's opinions on the state of wrestling. And Randy Santa is about to be on Sid's naughty list. <laughs> <laughs> Who was that? Uh, You're on my naughty list. What are you working <laughs> again? Yeah. That was uh, an electronic letter there from my, some of my fans out there in TV land. Right yeah. on. Hello, Sid's fans out there in TV land. I hope you're having all a Merry Christmas. Yeah. Even Rondell says, uh-oh, Rob, I'm sensing flashbacks of WrestleMania 8 press conference when Sid got mad. <laughs> there you go, Rondell. <laughs> yeah, you. Good thing we're on the opposite side of the internet, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Lucky for you. Yes, it is. <laughs> hey, look. Look what I got you. What is it? It's a Christmas present. Christmas present? Well, you're the man. Well, what is it? Is that a Christmas card? It's a card. You're awesome. Wow. You're the absolute. See, I knew you were the absolute best. Or at least (laughs) one of the top. Yeah. Yeah. Why not? Uh, Dean just commented real quick. He said, a very happy birthday for the other day, Sid. I hope you had a good one. My favorite wrestler of all time, Dean from the Isle of Man. Yeah, I appreciate it, Dean. Yeah. um, I had a, actually, it was a weird birthday. I got up that morning. Went to the gym, came here, was sitting here um, talking to my wife 
ordered her some of these house shoes. I've been trying to get her for two years. And it was it was weird. I, I was I'd gotten out of my workout clothes and just gotten into my regular clothes to go do some Christmas shopping. And I said, Sabrina, hold on a minute. I think I got to throw up. And I went in and started throwing my guts up and then came back here to start throwing up again. So I said, for my birthday, I threw up all day. Thank you very much. Uh, Sean commented here. Yeah. Hi, Sid. Myself and my family, big fans of yours. You can rule the world and the UK. My birthday is December 23rd. It's Wednesday. I'm 44. I'd appreciate a happy birthday shout out from Psycho Sid. Thanks. For okay. Sean. Happy, happy birthday, Sean. How, how old is Sean? Yeah, happy birthday, Sean. Yeah. 44. Yeah, Sean's 44. Sid and the Macho Santa. This is. This yeah, this is a, this is double cool for Sean. Yes. We have a great birthday, my man. Yeah. Dig it. Rondell did ask. I'm curious. Did Macho Man Savage and Sid ever have a match? Like we know you tagged. You know we did have one time. Um, it, I can't want to say somewhere in South Carolina or something. It was somebody didn't show up and they needed a big name and and then they flew uh, Randy Savage in and and in the company's private jet for that match. Really? I was, I was the champ at the time. No, I tell you what, I worked with him a couple times in the WWF too. Uh, but a few times, but not many. Hmm. Um, here is one from Mark. Uh, Sid, I'm offering a free fishing charter trip on Lake Michigan. If you're ever in Chi town, your Christmas gift for all the good deeds you do for others. There you go. Yeah. What kind of fish is it there, Mark? Um, in Lake Michigan, I'm not sure. Yeah, probably, probably pike, wherever you can get, right? Oh, you want to hear the best fishing story? Yeah. When I was with my ex, um, we used to go up to a cottage at my aunt and uncle's in Quebec. Okay. And we would go out on the river in a canoe to go fishing. And it was fly fishing. So you cast it out and you reel it back in. Uh, we were out there for about a half an hour. She started to lose patience. So she just like whipped it out there and went, right. She stopped for a second. It's like, do you feel better? She goes, no, <laughs> but then the rod dipped and it's like, what? So she started reeling out. She caught a pike. I swear to God, it was about this big. Do you know how uh, she caught it uh, across the top of the head? Oh, wow. The hook went into the top of the head and brought it in. Like, it was just in the wrong place at the wrong time. Yeah, I've done that a few times. Not hey, me. Yeah. <clears throat> so I think we sort of did that with uh, Macho Santa. What? Uh, snagged fish, we yeah. snagged him. Snagged the fish and you snagged the fantastic one, yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. Cream of the crop. Dig it. You know it. I know it. And don't we all? Yeah. Yeah, uh, we do. Oh yeah, yes, Stephen, you're good at that. <laughs> oh yeah, uh, Doctor oh, Stephen, what would it be like, it be like yeah. for a wrestler to do an impression of another wrestler? Yeah, maybe that'll be our new show. Let's get wrestlers to do impressions of other wrestlers, just in case they were given that gimmick from Vince McMahon. All right, all right, I'm gonna do an imitation of uh, 
What is that Japanese restaurant I make fun of all the time? Um, that depends. Which one of the million? I know. Uh, that new one, that oh, Yakamura. That, oh, jeez. We love the sweet around here. Is he horrible or what, man? It's not anymore. Yeah. You know, it was a good intro when he had the violins and everything, but Terrible. I, I can't get into that. Just, I cannot understand that thing either, man. I have no idea. I don't either. It's like that, convulsions every time he enters that ring. Yeah, it's and then weird. Finally he drops, and darn it, wouldn't you know he gets back up? Why didn't he just stay there? Exactly. Wow. What's wrong with you people? <laughs> I feel the same way. That's what happens. See wrestling fans anymore. Watch them. Here is Mark's response. Mark says salmon and perch. Okay. I know. I love, I love salmon. Really good. Nothing wrong with perch. Yeah, I'll take some perch. Even Luke says, happy birthday for the other day, Sid. Sorry about stupid question the other day. What do you think of Roman's run as a heel so far? No such thing as a stupid question. Yeah, if you don't know, you answer a question. Dig it? Yeah. Exactly. There you go. Yeah. I think it's good. I think I like him as a heel. I think he'd be, he's a good heel. Um, um, I think I, I don't know why people have always knocked him so much because he can't yeah. get over or stuff like that. Right I think he's always done a good job at everything he's done. Bang. Rondell, he says, Macho Man Randy Santa said, I can't understand that thing either. Classic line. That's a promo. <laughs> no, <laughs> no. Scott says, he's like Michael Jackson on acid. <laughs> no, you know what? Everybody knows he was anyway. Didn't All the same, yeah. Yeah, he was like back in the late 80s, early 90s. A lot of fun times back then. Yes, there was. I think I talked. I talked about my acid trip with Ted DiBiase with some security guy at the drive-in one time in Philadelphia. That's getting that we gotta hear. <laughs> How about kids, man? Hear, yeah. That was weird. Oh wait, Gabriel says all we need is Psycho Santa, and we're good. <laughs> there you go, Psycho Santa. Psycho Santa, where's your hat, big man? You must have a Santa hat there somewhere. Oh man, I gotta find it. We got that for the Christmas show. I know it. I I got the next best thing. I got antlers. There we go. There you go. Why do you have antlers? They go to Red Nose Rain there. Dig it. Yeah. I killed that. I'll tell you, there's a cool story about those antlers. Um, My best friend, uh, Byron Green, uh, me and him, and a buddy of his named Chet, who I really didn't care that much for, we were all hunting. We're always riding around, shooting out of the truck. And so they'd always jump out and shoot something. And they never were good shots. They'd go, oh, I think I shot that. I'd go, I, I'm pretty sure I shot that, you know. So I took all their bullets out of the gun. That way I knew they weren't going to be able to shoot anything. So we're riding this. Everybody said, be quiet. And I, this deer and about 10 others just were running straight for us. So I jump out. And I know I can take my time because I know they don't have any bullets in their gun. And they go, <laughs> click. And I hear him go click, and I go, God damn it! And I tell him, I tell him, pow! And I got him. <laughs> and, um, the thing damn. about it was, the guy that owned the land got mad because I shot so many deer that week. Uh, they didn't want to lose. The people are weird about losing big deer like that. 
So they didn't tell me they found it. I'd looked that night, that day, the next day, couldn't ever find it. And then about three, four years later, you I see this. Did home and eat them? What's wrong yeah. with you? No, they you did. Real reindeer, and you can't eat reindeer because Santa said so. But <laughs> yeah, the other deer, you munch, munch, no, 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 yeah. But uh, finally, I got these horns. The guy who got the deer did tell me about it. I saw him in a, a cafeteria, a lunch place, and the guy that barely knew me goes, "Sid, you ever find that deer you lost?" I went, "No." He goes, "Well, they got the horns down here on Joe's office." I went down there and got my horns. <laughs> nice. Nice. Didn't nice. even clean it. He gets the horns. Yeah, good deal. No, I, I, I kill something. Now. I clean it and I eat it. I don't waste anything. Good man. Yeah, good man. Let me tell you something, Macho. When I was a kid, and, I'm, and I'm, I need to tell everybody too, I'm back to writing my book again. Um, when I was a kid, Macho, I would walk, sometimes walk 15, 20 miles. And if I killed just a single dove, I came home, I cleaned it, I cooked it, and I ate it. Nice. You know, we didn't uh, we didn't waste anything. Uh, we're taught not to do that, you know. I so was the same thing. I grew up very, very uh, poor, man. Yeah, didn't have a lot. We grew up. Uh, we actually lived in a tent for a little while. Grew up, and then my father built a five hundred dollar house out of tar paper and uh, insulation. We lived there for years and years and years. And then finally, you grow up, it's still home, you move along, and here we are today, yeah. Yeah, got you, man. You learn not to waste anything. When you don't have a lot, you just use every little thing around you, and you keep going, and you keep going, yeah. No, that's what you got to do. Can't waste anything. And You know, yeah. we were taught as kids, you know, if, that's the whole deal about hunting. You know, we didn't always go out, hunt, to kill, you know, just to the thrill of coon hunting, a lot of people don't realize it's not the killing the coon. It's to listen to the dogs bark and run and chase the dogs all night. And a lot of times we get the coon up the tree. We never shot it. You know, no coon, coons aren't good to eat anyway. No. And uh, no, I'm not going to say I didn't. Real you see porcupines. She well, loved them. Yeah. But now, it, it was times too. I killed Love 20 them. coons at night sometimes because I was selling the hides. You know, shoot you. I was getting twenty, thirty dollars a raccoon, man. I'd love to have a pet skunk. I actually had a, a pet raccoon. You uh, do? I did have. It got you away. Got I had a pet duck in the neighbor's garage. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Pets, but well, we they're all over out here. Garbage. They're out in my front porch well, all the time. <laughs> that's like a pet, right? Yeah. Kinda. Neil, well, I got that. No, I was feeding this old cat for a while. And uh, then the raccoons and possums started coming up there. And then I, you know, I think the old cat finally Man, died. So. The bird, eh? I shot the possums with a, with a BB gun. Here we go. Neil said, Sid, my very first ever WWF match I ever saw was you and Hulk in WrestleMania 8. I was hooked. Lucky Thanks man. for the intro. Very lucky. Very, very lucky, man. Yeah. If you're going to start, that's a great place to start. Yeah, that's a good. That's a good one to watch. The WrestleMania. You got her. Um, and here's Phillips got a quick question. Was Goldberg stiff to work with, and what's your opinion of him? We we talked a little bit about this. No, I don't think he's ever stiff. You know, not at all. Uh, to me, he just, you know, um, he was just terrible. Yeah, <laughs> he, he was. He's he terrible. No, he actually, 
far as doing the moves and stuff, he do the moves pretty good, and he was pretty convincing. That's the best, when it's you just, only got two moves, you know what? You can perfect them in about a two or three days. Yeah. Well, that's the deal, and so, but he just didn't have um, just wasn't around long enough, unfortunately, to be able to develop a lot of mental psychology that the business requires. And you know, now to tell you the truth, he's around too long. Bye. Um, Scott here mentioned, he goes, I never bagged anything hunting with my dad, except some jackass's boom box, put a 30-30 round through it, but it was always a good time. No, that's what I'm saying. It's not about uh, killing things. You no, know, I remember a lot of times, you know, we'd go squirrel hunting or rap, whatever, and it was about the, you know, the fellowship, being out there with your friends or my, you know, stepfather, whoever we were hunting with. But, you know, the memories I have uh, or when the hunt was over, you know, stopping at in the south here in Arkansas, there's always a China, you know, a little Chinese store. And we'd stop and get some sausage, cheese and crackers. And, you know, it sounds sort of silly, but, you know, a soda, you know, a Coke in a bottle. That was a big deal. You can get a Coke every day. We just didn't have that kind of we just didn't see it. And no, that was no a big treat. Well, I'm going to tell you, man, there was nothing tasted any better, you know, hunting all day. And just that, again, that's that sausage, cracker, cheese, and that coat. You'll remember that. You remember things like that. Mm-hmm. And to me, you know, I don't ever really remember, you know, we were poor, but I didn't really register because everybody around me was in the same boat, you know. Let's see here. <laughs> better taste in the wild game, yeah. Yum, yum, yum. Danilo said this right at the beginning. I'm trying to go back and look, but uh, Danilo said right at the bo- right at the top. Hi, Sid. I promise I won't ask too many questions this week. <laughs> Don't worry about it. ask anything you want. Never ask enough. That is so true. Now let me see here. Um, uh, a friend Jeff here. He said this is fantastic. Um, Jeff is actually going to be joining us probably for the Christmas special to talk okay. AEW. Okay. Good. Yes, he was oh, yeah. uh, nothing better than Christmas. <laughs> exactly. Merry Christmas to everybody, ever once again, yeah. And Jeff even asked on the topic of Goldberg. I always enjoyed when Goldberg and Sid tagged against the Outsiders. As a young kid, I went nuts when Sid came out and turned on the Outsiders. I'll tell you, uh, I was one deal that I did with Goldberg that really I remembered. It was a just perfect timing. Everything was perfect about the whole thing. Now, Goldberg was over. And when you're working with someone's over, it's a lot of fun. It's easy. You don't have to do a lot. And uh, the old security guy there had been working for WCW for a million years, seeing everything, right? So there was this uh, – I'd always pick some kid on the front row, you know, and not, you know, they, they always do that Goldberg. And I say, shut up. <laughs> you know, and I scare kids pretty good. And it worked a lot of the time. So but there's this one kid, and, and I wasn't picking on him, but I was. And it, it was a beautiful, beautiful. I'm him, but it was, yeah. Well, this is what I well, know. Hey, but you could tell he had a, some type of um, def, uh, disability in his legs because his mother was having to hold him. And I'd seen him in the back. And uh, just again, just a beautiful kid, blonde haired. and But again, uh, something you know was wrong with his, his legs. And, um, and he was, you know, they're all going Goldberg and. I got the mic and I said, "Kid, I said, I said, shut your mouth." He was just trembling, you know, and and I put the mic there and he wouldn't say anything. And so finally, we did a spot 
where I had Goldberg clothesline me over the top rope and I landed right at his feet and had the security guard come over to give the kid the microphone and he said, Goldberg, you know, <laughs> so it was now to me, that was, that's why I did it. I wanted that kid to be the hero. Uh, but the way, you know, man. That is actually the way people don't realize. A lot of wrestlers don't realize that we're there. If you acknowledge one little kid or one person sitting in that row, yeah. You know what? That makes their absolute day, and that is coming from the absolute biggest. And I don't care who says they are. I will prove everything that I say that is coming from the absolute biggest wrestling fan on this planet, in this universe, anywhere, anytime. Anybody needs proof, you come see me. Good deal. That was, and I remember the security guy said, man, that was, that was a pretty good spot. But that's, that's what I tried to do a lot of times. I tried to find someone at ringside that could get involved sometimes. Sometimes I get myself in trouble. I remember one time I involved a couple of state troopers, and I knew Sting was going to give me a splash, and I pulled the state trooper in front of me, and it splashed him. And I I didn't know they took their hat so serious. This was a real I, state trooper? I, yeah, and I flipped his hat off his head. <laughs> and man, they wanted to arrest me over that. Yeah, I, I that was the only thing. I was a little bit of a prankster out there. I do things like that to people, you know. And uh, I'll never forget that time. They wanted to put me in jail over that. Oh, man. What do you think about the time Jericho with a flag? But yet, don't forget, there was, on the other hand, Shawn Michaels with the Canadian flag. Nobody bothered with that, but then everybody got sour when uh, Chris Jericho done something with a flag. I can't remember exactly what it was. I think he stepped on it or something. Hmm. I, yeah, I don't remember that either. Don't remember that? Oh, he got in a big pile of trouble. They made him apologize and everything, or he was going to get charged or something. Really? Wow. Interesting. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it was Jericho. Now, I don't know this to be true, but I've heard a lot. You know, Jericho beat up Bill Goldberg one time in the dressing room. What? I believe it. I would no, believe it 100%. No, I'm not saying that's true, but I've heard it a bunch of times. Yeah. Um, they got 100 yeah they got into an argument or something and uh jericho put in one of those shoot holes or something and made bill <laughs> apologize or say uncle or something like that for <laughs> the lady up that would uh, be like do you know the truth about the one where i think it was kurt angle and brock lesnar no because they were supposed to get in a fight in the backstage too somewhere and i think really? angle took them from what I heard somewhere along the line, yeah. Well, I would have to think Kurt would take Brock, especially I just would a, think so too. in a straight-up wrestling match. Yeah, that's you right. Know, Brock was good, but he's not world-class. He, he is not Kurt Angle. No, Kurt Angle, I'm going to tell you something now. I, I, I there ain't Kurt, too many people in this world that are Kurt Angle. No, I'm going to tell you. Right. In the world, most of them are here. Kurt Angle, no, yeah. No, Kurt's a special person. I saw him firsthand, you know, pay his dues more so than I think most people did, uh, meaning this. You know, he was a world-class athlete. He had his credentials. Up in line, yeah. And he – this is when Memphis uh, – uh, 
Vince had, you know, all these little small territories going at the time. There was one in Memphis called KW. They actually, Memphis had, uh, Lawler had it for a while, but then they did something stupid. They lost it. This other group got it. Then uh, they had the um, the group in Louisville, which Danny Davis was running. So they had like two or three little organizations. And um, Kurt Angle was working them all. He was working the Memphis territory. He was working all the small ones, you know, just getting his time in, I guess. But he, he, dude, I'm telling you what, he he nothing was given to him. Yeah, no, he he was working his butt off for it. And um, wrestling it, when I was younger, and I know exactly what it was like. I was very good, but I didn't like school, so that was the end of that. I got a couple gold medals, but other than that, I didn't <laughs> like school. So see you later. But no, Kurt was a heck of a guy, or is a heck of a guy. Philip asked a question. He said, in the 92 Royal Rumble is largely considered to be the greatest lineup of ring talent. Did you enjoy your first Rumble? And do you have any funny behind the scenes stories of that pay-per-view? By the way, it's his favorite Rumble of all time. Yeah, ninety-two Royal Rumble. Um, is, is was that the one in Albany? I'm pretty sure that's the one. Yeah, with uh, Hogan. This is the, this is the thing is uh, I've said this before, and I think people don't understand this. You know, I looked at wrestling totally different than everyone else did. It was totally just a business to me, and um, I was at that point at that match at, that night. I was I gave my notice. So that's what I remember about that night. I remember, again, Hogan, you know, really being upset for the people booing him. And they had been booing him for a while. But that night, he, he sort of blamed Vince for it. He said, you playing that? He was screaming at Vince. And I just said, you know, at that point, I had my feel of it. Um, and I just, it was. Yeah. I went to Vince's office and I said, hey, man. I want to shake your hand. Uh, I appreciate the opportunity, but it's just not working out. And I didn't go into the fact, okay, you know, I've lost a lot of money, you know, by passing that deal up. And I didn't blame him for anything because I took the opportunity. It just wasn't what I thought it was. And that's what really went on that night behind, you know, in the dressing room. And again, it was unfortunate, but again, I told Vince, I just can't, and wouldn't work with people that act like, cry like women. I'm not trying to down women, but, you know, be a man. This business is simple. You know, you come and go. And it was my turn to come. And then, you know, I passed up a lot to do that. You know? It's cry funds, yeah. But, again, that's that's the thing I had memory of that show was, again, I gave my notice that night. I do remember that. Uh, Rondell mentioned Robin Sid, any information on the shirts or even hoodies? Robin Sid shirts. <laughs> well, they won't have me on them for sure because no one wants me. But oh, you can make I uh, just messaged the guy again because I, I realized with Christmas going on, he's supposed to get back to us with a quote on what these will cost. Right. hasn't yet. So I just sent him another message literally right now. So right. And then I'll get in touch with this other guy. I, what I'm waiting though. I'm glad you brought it up. First of all, I don't know if anyone will see this or not. With uh, Make your own t-shirts. Easy. Shut up. <laughs> no, hey, I got this thing for this. <laughs> I got this thing for this person for uh, oh, so, uh, 
Here's what is it? The asylum? The video? I got Ooh. this guy's doll. I'm sending it out tomorrow. Virtual it's asylum. Awesome. Virtual asylum. So here it is. Oh, it's an action figure. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to send this out tomorrow we with a few things. We play with action figures. But um, I got that. Just want to put that out there. We'll get that sent out tomorrow. And uh, I'm going, what it is, I'm waiting for this guy who, this is what bothers me about independent, these promoters. This guy calls me, he says, okay, we want this. We'll do this. I'm going to call you the next day with all your flight information, this and that. And he, you saw where he's advertised me, but I have not heard a word from him. And I'm not booked. I haven't confirmed anything with this guy. Now, I'm needing to talk to him because. Trying to make a few books before him. Well, yeah. well, I'm just trying. No, I'm trying to get things ironed out because I got some other shows that might be there. So if I don't hear from him, I'm going to take these other shows. But um, that's the thing with these people. And unfortunately, he's calling me on my cell phone. I get so many calls within a few days, they get past where I can't, I don't see his number. And on my home phone, my landline, and everyone knows this, it barely works, so I can't get to it most of the time. And you I told him, like this. I think the guy's first name is Gary or something. So, uh, Rob, if you see it, that wow. thing, post it, send, yeah. send something to him and say something. I'll find that post again, and I'll, I'll send yeah, it. Yeah, say, say, since in contact him through his cell phone. Uh, Jeffrey here did comment. Yeah, Kurt beat Brock. It's definitely been confirmed. <laughs> That's what I thought. Yeah. That's what I thought, 100%. Yeah. You no, know, I heard it. I just didn't know exactly how it went down. I thought Sid might have the backyard little exclusion there because you never know. Well, no, I would tell you that's one. That's about one thing I had. I never heard about that, but I would put my money on on. Um, Kurt. Are you by chance gonna finish your Kurt Angle story? We only got part way through that. Yeah. Well, that was it. That this, this, that that he really being who he was, Olympian and all that. He yeah. paid his dues. He didn't get handed anything. He was working seven days a week, sometimes twice. So he really, and he also was one of those rare talents and I really don't know another one that, you know, was a main eventer, but he could also bring someone that was a main eventer up to be a main event. You know? That's right. He was, and it, it wasn't, you know, he didn't have a great interview and stuff like that. It was just his working ability. He was a machine, you know, and he was really, really good. Uh, just it's so credible. And that's what, Terminator. Yeah. We talked about that with his match with Shane. Like that brought that match like way up. Right. That was crazy. Uh, Scott here mentioned for the 92 Royal Rumble. I cheered myself hoarse when you pulled Hogan over the top rope that night, brother. <laughs> well, that's the thing. That's what caused all that confusion with the Hogan getting booed. Now, did you, people got to realize too, they were doing everything they possibly could to have the people boo me too. Like, I would go out in the beginning of the night and go, you know what? I hate everybody in Albany, and all you people suck. And, you know, and I did that everywhere we went. But they still booed Hogan. So that's the thing is, you don't fight against the grain. I think they've learned, learned that now. Like we've said, too, people know what they like. Yeah. Right. Uh, where was it here? Great, The great, amazing Reed. And this is another gentleman that's going to be coming on the show soon. Hello, uh, big man. How are you? He's from he's from around. I seen that man before. Great guy. Yeah. Uh, right there it is. Yeah. Who would win in a Christmas steel cage match? 
Macho Man Randy Santa or Sid? Well, there is no question about that. Yeah, you know it and I know it. I'm going to say he's a Sid, but I'm a lot quicker. Yeah. <laughs> See, I always look at it that way. We can. He, he's got the he's got the ring attire. He wins. Well, it works for me, big man. If you want, I'll, I'll put you over. Good enough. Good enough. There you go. One, yeah. Where's my belt? Never mind. I got it. Yeah. Let's see here. Phillips said your style and intimidation factor is sorely missed in today's wrestling. Being brought up in the era of huge superstars like yourself, I find myself watching old wrestling. Why do you think wrestling is going the wrong way these days? You know, I swear I, I don't understand it. You know, I, you know, first I say, okay, this is just a lack of talent out there. You know, um, even when I, I, I the night, I don't even know what night it was, a weekend, I caught some of the Ring of Honor, I think it's called. Uh, nobody's on there that, like you said, that has that type of presence, size or anything. Um, WWE has uh, Brock Lesnar, and they have that Braun Strowman, but it almost looks like they don't know what to do with Braun Strowman. Yeah, I think 100%. You know what? You've got wrestlers here. You got wrestlers there. You got wrestlers there. Everybody knows one or two things. They've got a couple little good things that they're good at, but nobody is all around anymore. They just want to do this little thing. They may be good in the ring, but give them a microphone and see what happens. They might be good on a microphone. Jump them in the ring. See what happens works around there's not a lot of people that got one great presence of mind and everything the total package yeah well you're you're right macho this is the thing is you have to have all the tools just like in ufc or mma today can't just be a boxer or a wrestler in in professional wrestling you have to have the appearance you have to have the size you have to know how to carry yourself you know how to do an interview and they can't be all you could tell there's there there. I mean, not that I say I didn't ever rehearse mine, but I didn't need to. Uh, but some people, someone needs to teach these people how to really do an interview, when to stop yeah, it, when to pull someone in, when to push them away. You know. Uh, and then I I, I know there's got to be some bigger people out there that want to be professional wrestlers. I just um, and we just got to get them educated. I, I I I I always give them the out on this, saying that just there's not places for people to go anymore, and so there's a limited place for people to learn. But I still can't believe that I've not seen the wrestling school before. But I can't believe they don't have someone in there that would fit the bill of a Sid Vicious or, a, um, you know, uh, uh, the Road Warriors or somebody like that. You know, they've got to be something out there, and if there is, you, you can. You know, you can teach them the other stuff. You don't see anybody that can pull off a psycho sit except for psycho. But, but this is what happens too, everyone. Um, Vince and them don't really know. Say, for instance, I got over because I got myself over. And I've told the story a million times where they had me on the whipping post. And if I wasn't, if I didn't have the ability that I really have, I wouldn't have got myself off. I could have been one of those tragic stories where, you know, I just got swept under the rug. But because I did have something to offer the business and, and I never gave up in myself or given up trying, I was able to pull myself out of that, that hole I was in there with the WWF at that time. But again, you have to work yourself out of it. Now, what happens is with these people we're seeing now, like Sammy Zayn, I mean, they're just, I don't understand. 
why they don't there's got to be someone out there. I, I just don't understand it, and I don't have an answer for it. I really don't. I don't know why. There is they a couple. They just haven't been found yet. Yeah. Well, no, there's people out there. You know, this is up to two, everyone, now. Actually, one, DNA, Josh Alexander, he is all around. He is absolutely amazing. He is one of the top. top well, there's a, there's a lot of good wrestlers in AEW, you know, Kenny Omega. But I mean, Kenny Omega is not, you know, and I use this uh, just a comparison. He's never going to be Sid Vicious or Hulk Hogan. He's not going to be that kind of draw for you. Really have the size? I don't see him. He doesn't have the size, and he lacks the energy. They got a manager to go yakety yak for him. Right, that's what I'm saying. What is, for instance, why people, I think, believed in me because I made myself believable. Everything I did, you believed it was happening. And then I looked believable, and then my interviews were believable. Back then, and say I'm the master and the ruler of the world. They're looking up at you, going, "Well, and when I said that, I'll believe everything you say." Well, because I projected everything. Even walking to the ring, I looked like I was the ruler of the world, and I talked to that camera every second I got a chance to. I never, if I saw the camera, I was talking to it. Because well, yeah. you know, those two, yeah, three yeah. Different matches I had, I had to get myself over. So when I got in the ring, I found a camera, and I'd get that guy over and pound him. And I talked to the camera out there in the ring, too. So that's how you, you've got to utilize every second that you have. You know, and again, nobody teaches you that. You have to do that on your own, unfortunately. Here's a comment from Jeff. He says, I think the biggest reason that there is a limited amount of wrestlers at the caliber is because most people have no idea that it's an accessible career. Until AEW came along, unless you lived near a territory, you had no idea that indie wrestling was ever a thing. Being a wrestler seems like being a Hollywood actor. A lot of people don't think that uh, the film theater industry as an accessible thing for many of the same reasons. Well, it's kind of true back then. Nowadays, everybody knows that you can do whatever you want. It's right there. Everything. You you can do anything. You're standing in front of a computer. Anybody can do it. It's just, how good are you at it? Well, and it's just, it's not, used to two guys, there were, there were 20, 15, 20 territories. That means there was 15, 30 wrestling camps around. There's not but two or three camps now in the whole United States that are training people. If you can't train someone to give them a job, there's no sense of having a training school. Yeah. You know, you just and and again, these training schools are overrated. I think I was the only one, you know, that came out of Tojo school and I went there for a year that ever made it. You know, um, it's just the the odds are not there. Um, Depends but, on who you're at. Old Santa, he went out and he built himself a ring in his backyard. Just yep. we could yeah, but, Yes, he did. And now never, he just no bottom for field cage never, just because he could. But you never sold out to Madison Square Garden, though. If they had showed up to Madison Square Garden, they wouldn't have let me in. They would have said, you're too good. You'll <laughs> overshadow everybody get there. You're not allowed in. Yeah. You wouldn't even get parking. They wouldn't even let you have parking there. What the Iron Sheik told me when I met him too. You jabroni. You never. You. You. Yeah. You never sold out Medicine Square Garden. He said to me, "Yeah." He called you big time jabroni. He called me the jabroni. Yeah. <laughs> Iron Sheik. 
Hey, well, me and the me and the sheik used to be training partners. And he uh, he always called everybody jabroni, and I forget it was somewhere I think friggin' Texas was at some stupid convenience store, and um, this guy he sheik looked at me. He go jabroni, and I went big time. <laughs> he said. You said it, big man. Big time, Jabroni. So I gave him something new. Nice. Now, real yeah. quick, our buddy Andy sent us a picture. I guess he was inspired, and this is the picture that yeah. I'm guessing he drew. All right. That's Andy. That's nice. Now, Hi, I want to share something else Wait, with you. you know, Andy, you're the best, buddy. <laughs> remember, and you got last week. There. Yes, you do. There we go. Remember last week we had a picture, right? Oh, God, yeah. Well, we didn't see the picture that we did yeah. Because, sure, you saw Joe, but then this happened. <laughs> Good thing that he will. Never mind. I'm we'll probably get kicked off Facebook for that. Probably. He's got a big, a big round mouth, and he's got both of his hands on his shoulders, yeah. Oh, and here Jeff says, Macho Man Randy Santa, can you bring me a 2020 ring for Christmas? Can I bring you a 2020 ring? I sure can. A 20 by 20. I guess I should have said the whole thing. I sure can. Watch this. And it's on the list. It's on the list. There you go. Yep. You're in anybody, now. Does anybody else want anything? <laughs> Get it in now. 20. Get it in right 20 now. 20 yeah. Gotcha. So, Macho Santa, any last words? Any last words? Well, everybody, I hope you had a great time. I hope you have a Merry Christmas. Sid, thank you very much, my man. You are the absolute best. Past, present, and future. There is nobody better. I'm ready. And everybody else knows it. Yes, they do. Thank you very much, my man, for having me on. Thank you for joining yeah. us, Macho Santa. Well, we'll have a great time here. And we'll look, we'll look forward to having you on some other time. It would be absolutely fantastic. Thank you very much, my Thank man. Okay, you, you got to stick around have for it. just a second, okay, Santa? Excellent. What's that? Thank you very much, my man. Stick Thank you. For, stick around for just a second, okay? You got a big man. Enjoy. Merry Christmas to everybody. Ooh, yeah. Dig it. Ooh, yeah. Nice. Nice. All right, Sid, any last words? You know, I, I don't want to feel like or sound like a broken record. Um, you know, um, I just heard yesterday, and you and I talked a little bit about it, and I heard it on the radio coming in from Memphis after going over to do a little shopping today after church. Um, you know, they're saying now that there's a new strain of this COVID-19, and it's um, 70% worse than the other one that the uh, – the, the death rate and the infection rate are all going to be 70% greater. Uh, right now, it's just in the UK. I hope that this is, uh, and what they're saying is something to do with the vaccine. The vaccine also has affected people in Alaska in a weird way, too. Um, I don't know what my uncle was telling me about it. And you can doubt me if you want, but my uncle's a, 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 a virus expert. He's been doing this for 37 years. He works with the state and government to pass laws and get grants for AIDS. And that's where he, he runs an AIDS clinic. But viruses are viruses. But this one right now looks like it's taking on a new face. So we could just do what we're doing. You know, I went to the gym this week and 
Um, I'm scared every minute I'm in there. But again, I feel like I've got to live. You know, um, I didn't go today because I overslept and I very seldom ever sleep. Um, but I didn't want to be in there with that rush hour was there. You know, because if I can get in and out by seven, I'm pretty safe. But I mean, I, I'm I'm telling you, I'm still scared. You know, so it's it's getting worse out there, and I'm not trying to scare anyone or anything. I'm just telling everybody to be careful. Be safe. You know. Well, this is what you know. They said uh, the prime minister or the UK said. You know, first they they said, okay, we're going to let everyone have Christmas. You know, just two or three people to a household or something. But when this new this new strain of this virus showed its face, you know, they took all that weight down and we're probably going to see some serious lockdowns coming in the future. When I was shopping today, that's almost every shop I went into. That's what they were saying. Uh, some of these people don't know they're going to even have jobs here after the Christmas deal because these stores are all going to probably be shut back down. So man, I'm again, uh, I went to church today as well. We had 10 people in the whole church and still, you know, I felt safe. You know, I know the people there, but still, I'm taking a chance of going. Uh, but I'm like a lot of people. I feel like I've got to live a little bit. I'm feeling cooped up. Uh, I know I've got to stay in the gym. I'm just, I'm. That's the I'm, worst part of this. It's it's the claustrophobia. Well, it's let me tell you, and it's happening. This is the thing. It's it happening to everybody I'm talking to, all the people I talk to regularly. You know, you got to think about. It. We've been set back now for like a year. Uh, um. One friend of my aunt, she's 87 years old. She's now where she hasn't been able to get to the doctor. She can't really get rehab. They can't get to her house. She can barely, she can't really walk out of her house now. People are physically getting themselves set back to where, and even myself, where, you know, I think, you know, I do this, you know, um, walk around here, working and everything. You think it's no big deal. All of a sudden you walk around a big mall, you go, wow, man, I've missed the gym. No, now it was much better today than it was say a couple of weeks ago before I started back working out, but man, it's still, it was still not easy. So, I mean, I know, and I just turned 60, I'm not going to let this thing uh, dictate my life. I am going to be safe and secure. You know, and I'm at the gym, I got my mask on. Actually, I'm wearing two now. And when I go to take a break, I go outside and I go back in when I'm ready to do another set. There's no one in there hardly but me. So I'm not aggravating anyone, but I'm still, you know, but doing that, I, you know, what you sort of have to do, I guess, is, you know, like um, today I didn't work out because I knew I was going to church and then I was going to have to do some Christmas shopping. You sort of got to limit your times that you can be exposed to it. Yeah. And even that's stupid. I, I, I feel stupid telling people I'm working out. Um, um, I've been thinking about, I just keep forgetting to do it. I want to videotape a little bit of it in there, maybe just a good laugh for everybody to get a laugh at it, think of something funny. Because that's what we got to do. We got to try to get past this, you know. Um, and I, these people are very so wrong. They say these are going to be pretty tough months the next few months. We have two of our fans here from the UK. Daniel said, I'm in London. It's dreadful. Uh, all the borders have been shut. And then Philip said, I'm in the UK. And now we just have Christmas Day together with our family. It's getting crazy. Right. So, well, God bless you, Philip, and y'all over there. Did you already know about this new strain that showed up over there in the UK? Just be careful. You know, um, again, I see people, and these are doctors that were at church today, and the lady uh, had her mask on, and she, at our church, we have a few homeless that, you know, come into church, and um, 
they got close together. To me, I wouldn't have got that close, but her being a doctor, I guess with both everybody wearing masks, that's safe. But I'm still, even with a mask on at church, I'm keeping my six, 10 feet away from everyone. Yeah. So, you know, that's what we got to do right now. I know it sounds weird too. Wash your hands. You know, I've got those, as soon as I get in from the gym, I got those clean things. I wash my hands. I come home, get my stuff off and just as this is washing it all the time but that's what i do the next day i got clean stuff again so i just again everybody be safe out there i hope everybody's doing okay uh merry christmas to maggie let's do a merry christmas out to uh, eric out there at cycle city promotions do something creative you bum and uh we'll say hi to jeff today and then um i've got to go do some more christmas shopping tomorrow for my grandson it's two years old this October. Or was it September? I'm sorry, September. I'm bad with birthdays. But um, I'm going to try to get him home here one day to have him do a little cameo for the Vicious Circle. Nice. But um, no, everything's doing good. Um, but we just got to stay diligent. You know, we got to stay, you know, see how this works out. Um, you know, I noticed today in the, when we went through our prayer thing that well, a lot of people have passed away, and I don't know if it's all COVID-19 or not, but, man, that was a pretty big list today. So, again, let's just stay safe. Let's try to stay away from this. Don't create any more cases than we have to. And, and the people like that are, we know have these underlying conditions, please be careful out there. Don't get yourself unnecessarily serious in a, in a high-risk situation where you, you know, and, you know, it's like this, and I know, you know, man, it's getting to me too. It really is. I've talked to a few people. I talked to Rob about it. Even today at church praying, I just told God, man, I'm tired. I'm tired of this. I'm tired of being cooped up. I'm tired of eating chicken every day. I mean, that's sort of a joke, but I am. I'm tired of everything. I'm tired of not being able to go to restaurants. I'm tired of not being able to go to see music. I'm tired of just, you know, again, our lives being interrupted like this. And it's really getting to me a little bit. Uh, so, so I know if it's getting to me, it's probably getting to other people out there too, but this is unfortunately what we're in. And when we're in situations like this, it reminds me of my aunt, which she would say in something like this, she'd go, as bad as it is right now, it's normal to feel the way we feel. I Meaning however you're feeling right now, if you're feeling depressed or anxious or angry or whatever it is, it's probably normal to feel like this. And even anger is not a bad feeling. It's just how you use it. If you pick up something to throw across the wall, then that's using anger in a bad way. But we can use anger in a good way. And anger sometimes is my best friend. It pushes me through workouts, makes me get up at 3.30 in the morning, go work out at 5. You know, so it gives me, you know, a drive. You can use anger as a tool. But what right now, we just have to use common sense and get past this. And knowing that right now with the vaccine coming out, we're going to see these little glitches in it. But, but eventually... They're saying March, April, May that we should be past the worst of it. And then next Christmas, we'll all have, you know, a good Thanksgiving Christmas. And, and um, that's what I'm hoping for. I mean, God knows I, I like to have everybody in the world for Christmas. I mean, that's a big deal for us. But, and Thanksgiving is too. But, man, this year is just not going to be. Um, just can't be. You know, I mean, I really don't know, you know, how I'll even, how am I going to see my grandson, you know, to give him his toys and stuff. I know I'm going to have to take that chance. 
And I thought about I'll probably have to wear a mask the whole time. I know that's what my that's what drew my deacon at the church. Even when he sees his grandchildren, he wears his mask. And so I don't know. It's just I don't know. It's it's weird out there, everyone. And I think it's going to get a little weirder before it gets better. Just stay safe. Stay safe, everyone. Appreciate everyone tuning in. We're going to do a uh, podcast on Christmas night. So tune in for that. Until then, Merry Christmas. And we'll see you on Christmas night here on The Vicious Circle. You've been listening to The Vicious Circle Podcast. Your host, Sid Udi. Co-host, Rob Bellamy. Additional research by Pete Marsh. The Vicious Circle Podcast is produced by Two Cousin Road Trip Productions, a division of JX3 Media Productions. The intro music is Unleash the Giants by Cemetery Spawn, and the outro music is Digging Space by Mike Treblecock.